0: Hello and welcome to All the Fucks. I'm Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bussell. and this is a podcast about caring an awful lot. Mhm. And it just doesn't get better. It's not. No. <laughs> I uh I mean I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I wouldn't. I, I which sounds crazy because I I would love the kind of freedom and like unfettered unbotheredness that comes with like <laughs> only going by, you know, like what you want in that moment. But, but there's just, there's something that feels very pure about being so earnest and having like a wide open heart. That's just constantly vulnerable. Yeah. That's awful, but also feels like the right way
1: to be. Sure. I mean, I, I have a good bag of tricks of defense mechanisms and things like that, but <laughs> which, you know, for the all good and the bad, but like when I think about some of my friends who were absolutely jaded by like the age of 19.
0: Right. No, that one doesn't make any sense to <laughs> no. me at all. Um, it, actually, I'm very proud of myself. Mm. Yesterday, um, I had a moment where my first impulse was rage as opposed to freezing or apologizing or um, or, or like fear or sure. crying or whatever. And it was that I was crossing the street in the city, and it was at, it was at a light, and the cars were stopped. And this motherfucker on a skateboard <sighs> is just zooming right through. And I walk, and here he comes, and he almost hits me. And my first, m- my first response was not like, oh, it was, what the fuck, dude? God damn I yelled it so loud that people on the street turned to look at me. Yes. And he was so sheepish. Like there was oh, wow. no like, fuck off lady, or whatever, you know, whatever dudes just decide to fucking do in the moment. Right. There was none of that. There was like I was right, and that was it. And I kept moving. Wow. I know. That's amazing. I was very proud of that. And I didn't Good get mowed you. down, which was shocking. Oh
1: my God. <laughs> I'm like,
0: but but what did you think you were gonna do? Did you think you were going to go skateboarding into fucking traffic?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I don't want people to get hurt on bikes and skateboards. I, I don't, really don't I don't want people who push their babies out into traffic to have their babies killed by traffic. But mm-hmm. I just want people to stop doing those things. Yeah. Rules. I like rules. Mm. I like to follow the rules when they're smart rules. Yeah. I like to break them when they don't apply to me in any way, but um, concur.
0: I find that to be most rules.
1: <laughs> but like, I don't know. Something to be said for like not not yelling in a movie theater. You know, right? All right social contract. That's what social I like. Contract. Not rules. This,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, just I would like, agree with that. There
1: are ways that we all understand to move through the world that makes it safer and better for everybody. And I just want you to do that. That's all.
0: Yeah, I agree with that um so we are we're diving right into a a very oogie topic (laughs) today and uh i think it's basically like sexual awakening yeah sure with a giant asterisk that includes all manner of like oh fuck this is puberty oh first whatever 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 um so how do we feel about that i feel (laughs) awful i feel terrible about it (laughs) i'm into it my face is still hot from the last my face is so hot we are both sweating it's great (laughs) This is exactly you, what I wanted this for
1: you, podcast. dear listeners.
0: <laughs> I wanted this podcast to be this so much, <laughs> and I think we're going to find our people. Yeah, I for really, sure. I just really do. So, um, so feel free to to go back in time and be mortified with us because it's Shh. messy. <laughs> so, um,
1: see, as far as crushes go, mine go way back before puberty.
0: Mine kind of do too. I, the first, uh, we, we talked a little bit about the new kids on the block earlier Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like there was, there was definitely, uh, there was definitely fixation there. And then I remember being in second grade and for some reason I kissed this boy, Derek Schistler on the cheek. Okay. He grew up to be so fucking hot, Hi. by the way. And the, <laughs> and I was like, got in early. <laughs> do, you, do you want that full name on there? Yeah, I think so because okay. I, you know, like that. Like, the, there's really no mortification attached to it. Sure, sure. sure. It's fine. Um, uh, also, it's hard to spell. So. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, like I, we were, we were in line. We mm-hmm. were lining up to probably go to lunch or whatever. And I just decided to kiss Derek on the cheek. <laughs> and somehow that was what I thought was appropriate. Mm. <laughs> we had no rudder. Like mm-hmm. we didn't
1: have any, any no. way of knowing what was and wasn't appropriate. Mm-mm, not at all. How do
0: you take it? I He was, I remember him being like a shy kid. So I think he was just like, oh. Oh, there were. Yeah, there wasn't (laughs) like it was not a thing The the deep mortification came later, even as soon as like a year later. But at that moment in time, there was no rudder. There was no sense of, oh, this could be embarrassing. This could be bad. I could be rejected. Wow. Yeah. In that moment. lovely that at least in second grade you were unsullied by all that shame. Entirely. No, I didn't. I didn't really start getting it until. Later that year and like third grade was when it all started piling on me, and I was like, oh my god, I'm a garbage human. Oh no. Oh yeah, no. Um, no, there was really there it was complete tabula
1: rasa. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's so un uncorrupted. Um, my I don't think I ever tried to kiss anybody, even as a silly joke until much, 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 much later. But my first crash, I remember distinctly. Was this kid named Jimmy? And he had the biggest dimples. Oh my god! Just like dimples for days. Cutest smile. Oh my god! Always kind of tan, like he was one of those outdoor boys. But he wasn't like a sportsy sports guy. Um, and I feel like we played. Oh gosh, yeah, it was him and me and Bethany and Michelle, and we played some game out on the, um, out on at recess that the had lanai. yes, out on the <laughs> lanai, uh, uh, in the ballroom, uh, where I feel like we were like. A play family maybe but then there was lots of running there was like chasing we were a racing family I don't know, <laughs> I don't
0: know what we we're doing.
1: um but it was uh the other boys like would try to get in on it it was Jimmy and me and two other girls and um the guys played really other boys played really rough and Jimmy wow, this is un- I'm this is unlocking right here Jimmy would he was like no you can't play you're playing too rough I'm playing with these girls um and then wow Oh my god, I'm so wow. Tired. Um thank you, Adderall. One of them. <laughs> yes, thank you, Adderall. Uh, I think Willie threw a um, a daddy long legs on me. Oh no. And I was actually kind of okay with daddy long legs. I wasn't too freaked out because I knew that they were just they're mostly legs. they were nice spiders. Yeah, mostly <laughs> legs. And I you can squish them real easy. Don't yeah, don't do that, but you can. Um they're a dot and some legs. Yes, yes. And uh, then Jimmy got mad at him like, on my behalf. And I don't think that I liked him until then. And then I was sure. like, my hero. Oh my
0: god, that was, that was so oh, sweet. Oh, it
1: was really sweet. I'm sure, like, I don't think that I ever told him. I don't think that I was ever weird about it with him. Um, I think that I was still too too young, like, to even process any sure. of it. Um, but uh, uh, he, I had to have him and my friend Bethany sit next to me at my sixth birthday party, which was in First grade. So I started first grade at five and a half. Um, just a little bean. I was. They
0: would never let uh, children do that now. Really? I mean, even at this point, yeah, yeah. Because, like, you know how it's if you're born after October? Oh,
1: yeah, I was You sort of get.
0: To. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you would have been put into the class behind you, so you would be like the quote unquote oldest in the right. class. Right. But uh, of course, you're five and a half in first grade. I was reading at so, a sixth grade
1: reading <laughs> level when right. I was like second grade. Yeah. But I couldn't do math to save my life or apparently learn geography. So <laughs> someday <Yeah. Jeopardy. laughs> we all have our strong points and our weaknesses. Um, it, yeah. So I have, I have, a, I think I sent you some of those pictures. Did I send you my first grade? Did I send you birthday cards? Okay. No. So I have birthday pictures. I found pictures of me sitting in between Bethany and Jimmy. Oh. Um, we had the birthday party mortifyingly enough. Uh, because the house is already, we'd only lived in the house for a couple of years, but it was already uninhabitable, or at least you wouldn't want to invite people you didn't know. Over. Right. So, uh, we had it at the back of the museum that my parents moved to Virginia to open. Like there was like a, an event room at the back of the museum. That's oh where we God. had it. So it was like, was the museum still functioning at that point? Yes. I think it was around for maybe a year and a half. Oh my God. Yeah. That's I keep, so I actually started writing some memoir stuff and I had to give it up because I need to find a therapist
0: before I can go through
1: all that. Sure. No, Um, of course. But yeah, no, we had a piñata and everything. Uh, But did I, did I tell you about Wayne? There was this other kid in my class who was, like, we were the fat kids and I was already aware, like, I didn't want to be lumped in with him because he was, he, we weren't that, we weren't, we were maybe chubbed, like, we looked like Campbell's soup kids. Right, right. And, uh... Not that there's anything wrong if you are a much bigger child, but but the perception is so strange. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Wayne, like his, he was odd because all of his family members were much older. Like his mom had him when he was when she was much older. So he, like me, had a big vocabulary. But his family were like super hicks. Like he would try to talk to me about going hunting with his brothers when we were six. He was talking about going hunting with his brothers, and I was like. They let you hold a gun? And he was like, yeah, it's no big deal. And I was like, he was probably not allowed to hold a gun. And sure, was just right. talking about yeah, this. Because
0: yeah, yeah. he's um, six.
1: And he kept trying to get me to use his crayons and stuff. But I I resented I resented his affections because I had been sitting at a table that I really liked the people at. And then this one kid um, got in trouble, Max Spencer. He got spanked. God. Oh <laughs> God.
0: Oh he got God. sent to the
1: office to get spanked <gasps> because of something he did. So she, Miss Davis, switched me and Max. So then I was sitting across from Wayne.
0: No. And
1: then he was just there all the time.
0: No. Oh my god! I think that might be one of the reasons why I don't like blonde men. Also, I had a fat blonde boy who, like, he and I were, mm, he and I were probably the fattest in, in the class. The poor kid. At the time, he was such an asshole, and he must have come mm. from like such a bad family dynamic. Like things must not have been good. The poor kid had a rat tail. Aww. like life was not easy that for was this cool. boy. It was like in, in first grade, it would have been fine, but he continued <laughs> that shit till we were like twelve, and I was like, "Buddy, no, sir, no." And he was just such a jerk, and like so, there was no, there was even no empathy no, no, no. for him. No, he right? we were like, he was just, get away from me. Yeah, he was pushing all of it outside mm-hmm. of him. And I remember, like, we were 10, and um, at that point in time, Doug on uh, Nickelodeon was super, super popular. Doug. Like, Doug and Ren and Stimpy, mm-hmm. and Rocko's Modern Life, like that whole yeah. block of programming. And I remember he was like, who likes Doug. And I was 10 and I raised my hand and he's like, only losers like Doug. And I'm like, Doug is for us. We are the target demographic. Like, <gasps> he's like, only babies like Doug. I'm like, I'm an I'm appropriate baby then. What a dick. Yeah, but he turned out to be a, a, what I presume to be a normal adult. He has since friended me on Facebook. All right. He's very supportive. Um I don't really engage with him, but like whenever he engages with me, he's very supportive and I'm like, look, I'm not going gonna... gonna... to No, no, no. I mean, I was not
1: in general a mean kid and no. I didn't bully people, but of I something. definitely like had bad friendship breakups that I now have since like, you know, I got had a Facebook relationship with sure. some of those people appropriate boundaries.
0: Yeah. Mhm.
1: Yeah, I'm not a huge grudge holder.
0: No. I mean, my grudges are pretty peaceful, but I've got them mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> We went to middle school together. It was seventh seventh grade through like middle of high school that I had an on and off like obsession with this boy.
0: Oh.
1: And again, to his credit, we were friends, like we did church things together, we did um, school musical things together. He did not try to avoid me. I don't know if he liked the attention or what. I mean, he was not interested in dating me, but we had a lot of fun together, Mm -hmm. um, which made it worse. (laughs) Cause then I was like, maybe he does secretly like me. Uh, But um, yeah, we were, we did Odyssey of the Mind together. We went to um, the world competition in Boulder, Colorado. Um, We had weird nicknames for each other. Like we were buddies. I would go over to his house so I could use his computer to write papers
0: Oh my God. Yeah.
1: And then finally one day I just turned it off. Like I remember there was something, some weird thing where he was like, I want to date this girl and I feel like you're a lot. And I was like, you're right. I am a lot. This is too much. And then I gave him one of my old diaries and I was like, this is how much I'm over you. I don't, if you want to read this, you're welcome to. And he was like, yeah, I do. And then I was like, go for it. And that was, I think my first confrontation with shame with being like, this is no longer a part of me. Right? It was it's terrifying to say Holy out loud even now. But shit, yeah.
0: I can't believe I haven't heard this earlier. I don't I mean, I don't talk about it very much. It of was, course it not. Was
1: <laughs> That's the rawest really shit embarrassing. I've ever heard. Oh, poor yeah. Baby. It's okay. It, but that was very liberating <laughs> because it uh it I the last time I saw him was in Austin, Texas when I was down there for the Bucks and Blaze Festival. He's married, he's got kids. It's like I have not had this infatuation with him in years and years and years and years and years. Um, And uh, uh, seeing him again, it was so nice because I was like, hello, it's nice to see you again. You're a lovely person that I had a lovely friendship with. And it wasn't like any underlying like- Right,
0: no, it's like it's cleared now. And it sounds like it was cleared in, in a profound way when you took that action.
1: Yes, but there were little things between us where like, I mean, I was real weird. I remember I had- Start Try to start a fashion trend Where yes. where I took a piece of elastic And I like bedazzled the elastic And then I hung little charms from it And then I wore it not on my ankle But like halfway up my leg
0: <laughs> This was an early sign for you then <laughs> You made your own fucking garter <gasps> It was a garter you made Not, not even... on my thigh I wore it like halfway
1: up the bottom of my
0: leg You did what you could with, <laughs> with your resources <laughs> It was like a sock garter yeah. <laughs> And I remember
1: I showed it to him this is probably ninth or 10th grade and I was like look isn't this fun and he just like with as much kindness as he could muster he was like why are you so weird
0: I was like to say like I'm trying to like you <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, and then another time I How remember. How is that not
0: a selling point? Come I know. On.
1: <laughs> and then I remember we were outside. This was in middle school. I remember because I was outside waiting for my mom to pick me up after school, recurring theme in my life, sitting with Michael on this rock. And I don't remember what we were even talking about, but out of the blue, he was like, God, you would be so pretty if you lost 100 pounds. Oh,
0: no. Yeah, this part you have told me. <laughs> yeah, that's the fucking worst.
1: Oh. oh god And what sucked even worse is I was feeling real cute that day oh. Like I remember I had this peach flannel shirt that I wore with a little peach turtleneck underneath it I had my hair like all feathered out to the side and we had just taken our OM picture
0: oh, A 90s dream Mm-hmm. Damn it <laughs> It's okay Well right but at the time Yeah Yeah no at the time that's like the most gutting thing that anyone can yeah, Yeah I constantly Also
1: at the time I was probably about 180 pounds so, of course. So no good right. if I was 100 pounds later.
0: Yeah. No. And, and it's your your vision of you, the the way you view your body and the way kids view each other each other's bodies is already so completely fucked up. You sure. have no idea what the norm is, but like yeah, when it, and and then like yeah, I was I was probably 180 by the time I was um uh like a senior in high school maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, one more Mike more. story.
1: Um, He—I'll take uh, endless Mike stories. Again, lovely singing voice. I don't know if he sings anymore. He runs. He does a lot of running. Sure, why not? He—I mean, he did track and, track and stuff like that in high school. And I remember getting annoyed at him when he like chose a track thing over a, a theater thing, and I was like, "All right, fine. We know we know what you're actually into." Oh, sure. Um, but he came and sang with my church choir for a while, and I think that we had gone on a trip. And he was like, hey, I think I left my, my jeans in this room. Um, if you're at choir practice, can you just like grab them and my mom will swing by the church. And I was sitting outside and my mom did not use fabric softener. Um, I mean, everything in our house at that point put, kind of smelled like old books, including me. So I was sitting outside with Mike's pants waiting for his mom, and I was smelling them. And one of our youth group cleaners came out, and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm smelling Mike's pants. And she was like, oh, honey, don't let anyone else see you do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and part of it was because there was, the part of it was just because i didn't understand that fabric softener was a thing i didn't know clothes could right? smell so nice oh
0: my god i
1: know and truly like oh. is there anything
0: more <laughs> and you and i both come from like unstable fucking homes um in, in, in one way or another is there anything like more safe and intimate than like Smelling the laundry, right? That the clean laundry. Yes, somebody's fresh blankets that were taken uh, out of a, a linen closet. Who has those? Who had right, right? And like, especially if you, it's kind of just lovely on its own. But like, then if there's also the context of knowing someone's family, yeah, knowing that there's always someone at home. Yeah, there's a light on. There, there's a there's a hot meal mm-hmm. and a warm bed there. Yep. Like toilets just, that flush the way it's uh, supposed to. Mm, Anyway, oh my god
1: so oh and i think that the other oh the other weird thing that i did with him um my mom used to win stuff out of claw machines uh she kind of had a gambling problem with claw machines and i remember weirdly enough one year there were like um men's cologne <laughs> so i went to school at christmas time with like three bottles of cologne and a bunch of um, stuffed animals, and I literally just gave them to my friends. It wasn't a big deal. I thought it was fun and silly. I was like, "Merry Christmas!" Here's this thing that my mom got out of claw machine, <laughs> right. and I gave Michael uh, a cologne, and he was like, "Again, like, oh, thanks." Like, <laughs> <laughs> why are you
0: so weird? Why <laughs> are
1: <She's> so weird.
0: <laughs> and
1: then, um, then my my guy friend Alex who he and I were tight for a long time. He was like, you gave me a stupid um, stuffed animal and you gave Mike cologne. And I was like, I don't know, you wear a different cologne. Right. He was wearing, I think, uh, Obsession, one of those spicy ones. Sure. Um, and he was like, but still, don't you, like, that's, we're much better friends. And I was like, I don't, do you want cologne? <laughs> and I think later, I think that he may have had a thing for me, but that was much oh, deeper and much more complicated.
0: Right. Of course he wants you to think that he... alone when you think of him. I know. We
1: had a very, that boy and I had a very deep connection, but it was never sexually tense, which is why, like, occasionally he would say things like, I think I'm going to ask her out, is that okay, this other girl? And I was like, yeah, it's great, go for it. Um, But little things like that, I'm like, I think that he liked me more and we just never figured it out
0: together. Mm -hmm.
1: We would have been terrible together. (laughs) He was cute, though. I like redheads. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, I, that was a uh, long monologue. Oh, it was I hope so it was good. Worth it. it
0: was so satisfying. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So I would say that um and like buckle up buttercup. Hey. hey. Oh my God. Um the first time I had an absolutely soul shaking, world rocking, oh shit, I'm in puberty now crush.
1: Mm.
0: I was on vacation. Oh. I was on vacation vacation was the place where no one hated me. Oh. Well, not consistently. We'll do a vacation. episode. We'll do one. That'll be all you. We never went on vacations. Oh, not uh, as a family to Virginia beach. Anything? Nope. No, nothing. Nope. Okay. We'll do, we'll do vacations with a guest. Sure. We'll do it. Yeah. Um, I have vacation stories. Oh my God. And I have at least two that I will share right now because they're so fucking good. So, um, a little bit of backup. My father was an IT nerd, inside child, inside person Mm -hmm. who longed to be a cowboy. Oh, I am convinced that now in his ethereal uh, iteration, he's like lassoing cloud bulls and shit. Oh yeah, he's on a ranch. He's like over the fucking Ute Mountains. He's fine. Yay. Um, And so. When I was 10, we started, uh, we started going to dude ranches, real, <laughs> real actual dude ranches that were, that were vacation resorts, but they were also like working ranches. This is also making my thighs feel like chafe. I, oh, yo, my God. I could not fathom. As a child, it was fine, but oh, yeah, no, you, pff, the saddle sores. Oh, I'm not God. a cow hand. <laughs> It was it was great, and thankfully it was something that I was very much on board with. So every so for several years, we would go on vacation to Durango, Colorado, um, to Colorado Trails Ranch, and it was like it was the perfect blend of what my dad was looking for, and a group of kids that I really got along with, and it was like a family run resort the the owners were so sweet and they had um they had several different groups for for age ranges mm. so we started going when i was like 12 and it was such a cool group of kids that that totally accepted me and i had that year i had a crush on the one jerk guy obviously mm. um but there was also a really sweet guy who was like very friendly with me and he started writing me letters in the because we exchanged yeah. the addresses um in the in during the school year and he was like 2 years older than me and he would write me these letters and then when we went back the year after he had kind of like 90 times hotter
1: nice um and was, yeah, boys did that over. Ooh, yeah, they would do that over like a six month period, and then suddenly you're like, "What? Oh yeah, no, like eight feet taller. You have like hair and half a
0: mustache. Different DNA entirely." <laughs> and so, and that was that was like all of a sudden, I'm 14, I'm back, and it's none of the other kids are there. It's just me and him. Oh hey. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my good God. And of course, he's been writing me letters all year and Aww. so sweet me, still so sweet and still so kind and not an asshole. And we are together every moment of that vacation. Oh, I'm in love with him for you. Oh, you want to know his last name? I do.
1: Good hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. And now he's a juggler.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gracious me. Gracious me. We spent every moment together. Because the second the day began after breakfast, like you went with your Wranglers and you were off all day. And because it was just he and I, we were allowed to do whatever the fuck we wanted. So we went on endless trail rides together. Oh my God. The two of us singing slow jams. Riding horses? Riding horses. Wow. It was the most, it was the pinnacle of my life. It's like I a 14
1: year old girl's wet dream. That's
0: oh insane. My How really- old were you? I was 14. Oh, well, there you go. I was newly 14.
1: Yes. Horses and hot boys and being alone mm. in the woods. Mm. Oh
0: my God. It perfect. It was, I have never had a-
1: <laughs> Dear listeners, Jen is crying a little bit right I'm- now.
0: Yeah. I- yeah. <laughs> I mean, more like eyes leaking. It was amazing. So um, that, th- I, I, I was certain, and I'm not, I'm not certain of the opposite now. I was certain that I had fallen in love a million percent. Sure. And I, like, no, again, nothing happened. Mm. It was very much a late bloomer. However, my heart was way too big for my chest. Mm. And we were only at the resort for a week and by the time that week was up oh no oh i was a nightmare oh god <laughs> my and truly my poor parents we were spending like a week in Durango and then a handful of days in like a na- in a neighboring mining town sure <laughs> sure and there was no greg and i was a beast <laughs> I was so angry and heartbroken and surly and all i wanted to do was go wherever he was sure Uh uh-huh and uh and and when we got home home Mm -hmm. and i could write him when we got home home all i did was buy the cds that he had been listening to. oh god i remember doing that Uh oh god and um, Ugh, and I, the angst, one of them was big Willie style.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things are falling into place right at this very yes. moment. Yes.
0: Oh yeah. That's really no, Will funny. Smith, I mean, Will Smith already had a very special place in my heart, but it is, <laughs> it is etched in fire and, and, and brimstone. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so good. And for the rest of the summer, And there was a significant remainder of the summer. I think we went on vacation in June. All of June and July and August. I am pining. Pining. Talking to him online here and there? Uh Uh-huh. Because, again, late 90s. Sure. uh, We were at least emailing. Mm. At least. And I was just like... My heart was pouring out of my chest, and mm-hmm. I could not handle any or all of my feelings. Mm-hmm. and I was so fully crazy about him. Oh. Mm-hmm. so that was like my first crush, and it was all encompassing mm. it It took over everything like by and then that fall was my freshman year in high school. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, I was thrust into mm-hmm. a student body mm-hmm. that was 10 times the size of what I came from and all new people, brand new friends, new clubs and plays and, and extracurriculars and, yeah. and choral groups. And so all of that newness was like the thing I needed to just sort of help my emotions calm down a little bit. But even then meeting friends, they were like, what boys do you like? I'm like, I like Greg. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't live here. I met him on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh. Yeah. Um, I did take pictures that summer, and I took as many surreptitious pictures of him as I possibly could. (laughs) Sneaky pictures. I was very sneaky. Did you have a real camera, or was it disposable? Disposable. Right on. Duh. <laughs> yeah, it was a disposable camera. Um, and I took so many pictures of him that when I finally got them developed this entire summer that I was pining.
1: <laughs> the person at the one-hour photo took out a restraining order for you.
0: Oh, my God. And I, I had all these pictures printed. And then I made a special album, like, from scratch, construction paper and markers and everything. I love you so much. <laughs> and the, the album – to dissuade people from thinking I was a psycho Uh was just called CTR, Colorado Trails Ranch. Okay. Inside (laughs) it was like only decoupage pictures of him and like three horses. (laughs) Him, 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 him. I had cut out like hearts in the background. I had like I knew that bitch was a Scorpio. Oh, Oh. (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> Truly. Like I think I might, I haven't seen him uh-huh. since that summer. I think I would legitimately just lose my mind. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be like space madness. What if
1: he's also a DJ? <laughs> I
0: clearly have a type. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I still have this treasured album. Do you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I did not. I, and Whoa. I spent so many nights like crying over it and, and holding it. Oh honey. That, like there are water spots. The marker is worn away. Uh, mm-hmm. My heart. And he's still so hot. Don't care that I'm talking about a minor. Uh, <laughs> in hindsight, like well, he's not now. Well, he's, no, he's not now. <laughs> he's a man. He is man. I don't. I couldn't handle it. Oh, I couldn't handle it. So that was, uh, that was, nice. that That still exists. I'll show you the next time you're at my place. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So good. So Oof. I want to hear about tear stains. Oh, tear stains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While I was, while I was sobbing to Will Smith's rendition of just the two of us. Perfect. Uh,
1: so the thing I'm thinking of that I, when I did something that I wasn't proud of, <clears throat> when I was in third grade, I was in a, a gifted and talented program and I was the only one in my grade. Who, which was very weird and othering. Um, but once a week, I would leave school on this bus with the kids from like fourth and fifth and sixth grade, who were also in the program. They would drop us off at this little spot near the high school, and we would go do like weird creative things, like make fish prints and learn about Chernobyl. Like, honest <laughs> to God, like weird, weird weird shit. And we weren't really graded. We were kind of was like, it was like outstanding, satisfactory needs improvement, but it wasn't, it wasn't a pass fail thing. It was just like, these kids brains are moving too fast for the curriculum. Let's give them some other stuff to do once a week. Um, so that's how I got to know other kids from the, around the school system too. Cause then we were all like put in, in nerd camp for one day a week. So however, not in nerd camp back Back at home base at Seaford Elementary, there was this kid. I can't think of his last name, but his name was also Mike. Um, And he wore red a lot, and I really liked red. And he had very, like, pale milky skin and very, like, rosy cheeks. And he had really, really dark hair and eyes. And he had the twangiest southern twang that I had. Like, people people were hickey where I grew up, for sure. But he was
0: like, he was really, really, really southern. Oh, my God. Um, Kind of a selling point.
1: Yeah. And I liked him. (laughs) So much. And that came on really fast because he was like new in school and I was like, oh, I like you. Yeah. And he would make mazes. He would take graph paper and draw mazes and give them to me to solve. And I was like, I love you. And how old was he? We Third grade, whatever third grade is. Oh
0: well, Yeah, like eight. Yeah. Oh my God.
1: So um, I'm sure I have a picture of him somewhere. So... I, because I was going to this program, I would come back at various times whenever the bus would drop us off during the end of the elementary school day. And usually when I got back, the kids would still be on the playground from recess or phys ed or something. And so I would come back and I would sit by myself in the room. I would turn the lights on and I would like read a little bit. Um, But this particular time, Mike was like, I really like Diana. She's so cute. I like her so much. I'm going to write her a note that says, I like you. Do you like me? I'm going to put it on her desk before recess so when she comes back, it'll be there. Now, I did not plan this, Mm -hmm. not plan to interfere with his plan, but serendipity, I came back early this particular day and I saw his note on Diana's desk. So I took the note. And then in his desk, I put a note that was like, I don't like you. Cut it out. Oh, good job. (laughs) So he didn't find it until later when he was dragging his books out. So he didn't know when she would have put it in there. But clearly she had gotten the note.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And and then he cried about it. And I comforted him. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck her. She was dumb.
0: Right? She was dumb.
1: She She had like that. That that time she sounded like a valley girl, which didn't make any sense because we were in the middle of Virginia and she uh, yeah, she was anyway, he's better <laughs> off without her, is whatever.
0: That's say. I mean, look, you were being preemptive. You were making informed decisions. Yeah. I
1: mean, it didn't play out well in my it didn't help my case any, but then he moved away. So it doesn't matter. You did what you could. Yep. <laughs> I did.
0: Oh. We used to eat lunch together. I like that boy so much. Oh my God. He's cute. There was um man. I uh I I have others from elementary school, like real assholes that I will that I'll get to in other episodes because because the list is just <laughs> endless. Um but I remember a really sweet boy that was only in our school for one year, sixth grade. And his name was Scott Horowitz.
1: Oh, I had a Scott also. I forgot about him until just now.
0: Go on. He was so sweet and so like just nebishy mm. and, and the only Jew around. Um, he moved from Texas mm to our little podunk town and was only there for sixth grade. And he was the only nice boy in the class. Mm. He was so, he was so adorable. And like, I remember for like a show and tell, we had to demonstrate something. So Mm. I guess that's how you age Mm. it up for sixth graders. And I believe he was, he might've been demonstrating like maybe, how to how to do like Shabbos prayers or something. It oh. was very, it was very Jewish. Nice. And and there was just like there was no self-um censoring because he had, even though it was an area that absolutely would not have been welcoming to him and his family, there was no self-censoring there. And so I was like, oh He's perfect. That's so great. And he was—he was so sweet. And then he left, and I guess mm. his family moved back to Texas or something. But um, yeah, he was—he was adorable. Very Ew. Sweet, sweet, little round glasses,
1: little, little sweet little punham. Aww, it's so funny. I'm thinking about. So I, I don't think that I got crushes on girls until later, and I think that that was mostly because. Like, when I first moved up here and I started to New York and started hanging out with, well, I guess maybe now in college, too. Like, when girls started, like, really cutting their hair short and and sort of being, like, a little more lesbianic. Sure. Um, that's when I was like, oh, I like that. That's – I don't right. like girls in pigtails. I don't like femi. Yeah. Femme girls. But then I, I started doing um, – fast-forwarding many, many years <clears> – <throat> shows with this women's theater collective in New York, um, which is funny enough how I wound up meeting my husband. So, but I was immersed in this very super hyper feminist world all of a sudden, and it was simultaneously compelling and a little bit off-putting because I wasn't ready for uh, I couldn't process like militant feminism at the mm-hmm. time, which I've come to terms with all, everybody wears different right. activist hats. totally. But yes, um, there was,
0: there was a point for, for a lot of us at which we couldn't, we couldn't respect or wrap, wrap our mind around it. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was like, and especially with the, the super militant fat ones. Cause I was like, you're making us look bad, totally. which is, I regret entirely. Of but, course. um, but looking back, there was actually a girl at camp many years ago, which I hadn't even put this together until just now. Um, And she had super short curly hair and I wanted to be her friend so bad. And we were buddies and we would call each other outside of of class and we had stupid nicknames
0: for each other too.
1: So I feel like I just had a little epiphany.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's not something that, that even had like, it just didn't have any place in my life I would say until until fat activism, mm. until being around a lot more gender nonconforming individuals and and radical individuals who were who were living out what I felt was was a a a bold and deserved way to live mm-hmm. and to see each other's bodies and to like have and to have fat films be so celebrated. And I was like, oh, that pushes some buttons. That's okay. interesting. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, if you had
1: asked me even in in high school, like what it was about somebody that would make me attracted to them, I would I it for me it was definitely like weird quirky things and and a connection It had very little to do. Even though I'm like he's cute, he's cute, he's cute. Obviously, I think anyone I'm attracted to is cute. Mm-hmm. But according to some of my other friends, some of the people I was attracted to were not cute.
0: <laughs> I got that a lot,
1: but It didn't matter. I didn't care. Right. I didn't care. Um, I, it only was uh, uh, like, I was just uh, so again, I've said this before, like I don't trust people with normal childhoods, but it was, it was mostly people who I could tell were weird the same way as me. And that creates um, an electricity between people that is, I mean, I think is going to wind up in sexual tension.
0: Mm-hmm, often. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that was, you know, when I moved up here and was around that women's group, that was when I was noticing that with other, with other n- non-cisgendered men of all kinds. That's yeah, fascinating. Um, cr- uh, that I, that my Scott, <laughs> my Scott story, um, <laughs> in fourth grade, I think it was, they checked us all for lice. And I I didn't think I had it. I wasn't, like, head itchy. I probably had nasty dandruff. Um, But the nurse swore that she, like, saw some eggs. She didn't, like, see a louse, but she saw some eggs. So I had to hang out in the nurse's office with the only other kid who had lice, and his name was Scott. And uh, we became super good buds. (laughs) And I was like, thanks, lice. Orged in
0: um, parasites. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, but he was the first boy who I actually thought was maybe flirting with me,
0: mm.
1: and nothing ever happened. That wasn't even like a super heavy crush. I was just like, oh, this I is
0: like, nice. I like your attention. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really weird to look back on those on those moments where like you just did not have the perspective at the no, moment at all. Not at all. Like um. Most people were awful to me <laughs> as a child up till high school. High school was when people started being much um, much more welcoming. Um, but uh, when I was a kid, like everyone was awful to me. It wasn't, it, it just, it didn't, uh, that was the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember there was one, there was one guy who, he was a year older than me and he was, so warm. I want to say he even stood up for me and like, ugh, my little elementary school was so small. And like, we all had to have lunch together and the girls in my class were awful. The girls that were older than me were even more awful. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, they were terrible. And I would get made of made fun of constantly. I want to say this guy, Neil, like stood up for me and like came and introduced himself to me. To be fair, he was new. He might have been Midwestern. Like, I I mean, he didn't know that I was a complete and utter disaster. (laughs) like,
1: hello, I'm Jen. I'm the pariah. And now you're tainted forever, so we may as well be friends.
0: Right. And I want to say that because Neil was so friendly, he was just a fucking golden retriever. And that sort of othered him, too. Mm -hmm. But he was also like a cool skater guy. And he was cute and... And, and smart. And he came from a great family and, um, still friends with his sister. Nice. Uh, yeah. She runs a farm because what the fuck is my life? Wow. There's <laughs> um, a through line here. There is. We need FFA. to go horseback riding. Oh my God. There's so many animals involved.
1: Oh, I've only been horseback riding twice. And one time I got a tick inside my belly button and then I was like, nope, <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore legit inside my belly button. No. no, that's a
0: nightmare. Yes.
1: That's an actual I, nightmare. I did have nightmares about it afterwards. No. <laughs> I
0: hate that. For
1: you. <laughs> I didn't love it. I remember my mom getting down there with nail polish so that she could like suffocate it. I don't think you're supposed to do that anymore. But that was that was that was the de facto Marsha thing for a tick. you smother it, nail polish, and then when it's dead you can pull it out. Please don't do that. <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to do, but it's probably it's not, not that. It's not that.
0: It can't be that. No. I don't like that stuff. No,
1: it's really amazing that I don't have Lyme disease. No, <laughs> yeah.
0: oh, no. That's the worst. Oh, my so, God. So, anyway, Ranch. Uh, ranch, you <laughs> Oh, yeah. Your oh, oh, right. right. So, so Neil, has a farm. Neil was so sweet to me. And, like, in hindsight, I was like, and he, and he was like that for a couple of years until their family either moved or if they didn't move, they, like, he just went to another school, like mm. maybe a Catholic school, whatever. Um, I'm like, oh my god, was he flirting with me? Like, what? He was so friendly. Um, it was it was interesting. And then, like years later, um, found out he was he's like an X Games guy. He does like base jumping and cliff diving, Jesus. And, uh, and like squirrel suit <laughs> shit. He's a mountain Let's man. Let's do that. <laughs> Oh, man, like, good for you. <laughs> I had to. I maybe he's a Sagittarius. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so that that was Neil. Um, but the, yeah, like someone who was just completely off the grid, mm. sweet, uh, at, at a time that I did not. I didn't. I didn't even know what that was. Like right. everybody was an asshole. What do you mean you're coming up to me and like sitting next to me at lunch? Do you, you, <laughs> Did you not read the sign? Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you did not fall immediately horrifyingly in love with him. Like that would have been, I would have been right. like, oh,
0: well, clearly we are meant to be together forever. Whoa. Well, yeah. Right. That, I mean, that absolutely should have happened. Mm-hmm. It did not because Neil was so othered in his own way. I didn't trust it. You know, I was uh-huh. like this is this has to be a setup. Yep. As a child, mm-hmm. yeah. Um while I wouldn't say I was depressed, I was definitely well, I hated everything. <laughs> everything was awful. People were garbage. I liked Britney. Mm-hmm. End of list. <laughs> End of list. I liked Britney and I did have I did have, you know, crushes here and there. But by and large, I hated other kids mm. and I just I didn't trust them right. and I had been set up socially Uh so many times. We'll do an episode on that, right? I had been set up so many times that I was like, I was looking in corners. I was looking for an exit route. sure. And so he comes up to me so sweet. I just, I didn't trust it. And he probably, what I remember as a dim little, uh, dim little ringing in the back of my brain is like, he was like, do you want to hang out with me? Do you want to sit with me? Whatever it was. And I was like, mm, no, I don't think I want that. Aww. I didn't. I, no, I my, get it. my guard was. Up, I completely get it. You know? Yep. But,
1: yeah, Neil was the shit. Mm, I had a Neil and interestingly enough, um, I met him at a, a, a week, like a winter mm, fall retreat at that church camp that I went to. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anybody there. It was just me and a bunch of other kids my age. And um, this kid, his name was Neil. I think that I met, I met him like on the second day out of the three days. Uh, we hit it off right away. I remember he had like dark blonde, curly, curly hair and long eyelashes, but I cannot think of the entire rest of his face. I cannot think how, what I can remember. Neil was pretty. He was real pretty. Mm. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean, probably gay now that I'm thinking about it, but, um, he taught me how <laughs> I we were at camp, who knows. We he taught me how to finger braid. Where you would take a slip knot and then you make it like take keep making slip knots and it looks like a braid. So I was fascinated by that and I was like never seen a boy do anything like that before. Sure. Um uh he didn't read, I don't know, who knows whatever. Um so we were hanging out, we were hanging out, we were hanging out. Uh so I met him on the second day. Apparently this girl that he had met on the first day, there was a dance at the end because of course. And yeah. um this other girl was like, oh, I guess Neil likes you now. I think that he used to like me. And I was like, oh, hello. Nice to meet you. <laughs> That's a bummer. I'm sorry. And also, what? Does he like me? Does he like me? Right. But she was also a chubby girl. And I was like, oh, that was my first inkling that, like, guys might have a type and it might be me. Oh, interesting. But also, he might have just been gay and liked to have bad girlfriends. Yeah, right. Right, right. Either way.
0: Yes. Either way, important information. Yes. <laughs> so he he and I
1: wrote back and forth a bunch. Um, and then I felt really bad. I remember he actually had like a return label with his name on it, with a little rose on it. Okay, he was gay. So...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, such a good reveal. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> But
1: I remember he cussed in one of the letters that he wrote to me, and I wrote back, and I was like, listen, I'm pretty sure my mom reads my stuff. Please don't cuss if you're going to write to me, because she's going to get mad at me about it. And then he never wrote to me again. No! I know.
0: How is that? The straw that broke the camel's back, as opposed to vagina? (laughs) Oh. I don't know. All of it. That's amazing. Um (laughs) So... <laughs> you had that moment right now and I know that you have like a long story oh. past of, of, of falling gay, in love with gay, gay crushes. Yeah. Um I'm sure I've had that but like that wasn't that wasn't my it wasn't uh... if I had just if there were more out
1: by dudes I could have just been in love with mm. a bisexual guy but none of them were right. like
0: figured that out yet. Right. That's still challenging. I know. Yeah. Go on. Um so I I I didn't have I guess I I was I was definitely attracted to a lot of gay guys, but there was nothing that like oh just knocked me over oh. um, until pretty much right after Greg I met um, I met a really sweet guy named Chris. Which as an adult I would look at him and in an instant. I would be like, oh yeah, of course. But as a child, I was like, who is this? Well kept, <laughs> good smelling. He- He's he- so groomed. Oh, he was so groomed. He was so polite. He was so friendly. Uh He hung out with me of his own volition. Mm -hmm. And we would sit together in the library. And I... He was a year older than me, so I forget how I even met him. And he had a best friend named Emily. And Emily was very um, possessive of him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like Emily very much, because I really liked Chris. Mm -hmm. And I could see that she was um, very... She had similar feelings. sure, And... I, I guess, you know, I had been so guarded before high school and then I was at high school and I got a chance to like breathe and Mm. have, and have real relationships. And so in this, in this moment where my earnestness door was wide open, I asked him to the winter ball. Oh, mm hmm. I uh, like, and I, I knew that my body was not allowed and I knew that the. I knew that the chances of my feelings being returned were minimal. Um, but I decided to take to take a leap. And thank God he's the first one I did on because he was like, oh, that's so sweet. I'm actually going with Emily already. But, but I appreciate it. And so I saw Emily as like, oh, no, he likes Emily. Uh-huh. And I was stung. But then all it took was a cup. First of all, we stayed friends. Sure. Which was fine. It wasn't weird because he was gay, right, right, right. Um, and then I think either his senior year or immediately after he met his husband, and he's been with his husband. Oh my god, forever. That's and I was amazing. like, oh, that explains it. Oh, got it, got it, gotcha, <laughs> man. Yeah, but that was like my first experience. And I was like, oh, that okay, but it never even occurred to me. Mm. It never occurred to me until I was in college when people who seemed really amorphous sexually, like people you just couldn't read, all of a sudden were living out loud. And and you were, oh, (laughs) college did something to you. Okay. Um, And that was, it was all hindsight for me. Sure. Every last bit of it because nobody came out in high school. Right. Not, Not a soul. Nope. We,
1: uh, so I had a handful of people. So when I worked at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, we had um, <clears throat> it was like a little Renaissance fair inside of Bush Gardens, and so that was where I got all my theater friends. That wound up, most of them turned out to be gay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh, for years, and people would tell me this too. People were like, "You're falling in love with gay guys because you're scared of sex and you don't want to actually have to confront that side of things." And I was always like, "I'm not scared of it. Like I feel I." At the time, I was still very like biblical about things. And I, I was like, oh, we shouldn't, we should save our bodies. So it was part of that. But I did enough other stuff that I was not like. <laughs> 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 my little halo could only be
0: applied to your right, hymen. <laughs>
1: right. Oh, a halo on my hymen. Mm-hmm. So um, I. I do, I realized like within the last couple of years that what I think I was attracted to at the time was the the gender nonconformity was guys who were sweet and guys who were slightly more feminine and guys who were, um, had a different level of patience and who Mm -hmm. weren't all my straight guy friends who had been raised in military families were um so aggressive and so toxically masculine that I couldn't relate to them at all. Like I watched them change, even people I was friends with. So then to be around these people who wanted to talk about music and they liked theater and they liked all of these things that I liked, I was like, right. yay. And I remember in college my friends boy- my my girlfriend who just always would fall literally fall over for her. Of course. Um I remember one of her boyfriends was like, well why don't you try to get into sports and stuff like to meet guys and i was like the guys aren't getting into musical theater to meet me that's not going to work that's interesting anyway, but yeah i truly i think that it was less that i was trying to sabotage myself so for years right. i thought that i was setting myself up for failure because i was afraid garbage. of
0: sex and now right you just like a softer set of skills and tendencies in men and a more masculine sense of tendencies and skills in women right right no, that, that that whole amorphous area, very appealing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then, I mean, I feel like the more people
1: are coming out as non- non-binary and the more that that is becoming an actual conversation. Totally. I'm like, okay, all of this makes a lot more sense for me.
0: How many We took a little break, and we both can and have talked about continued crushes ad nauseam um it would take literally 90 hours to go through all of those in heartbreak and don't you worry we're going to do many many installments in matters of the heart mm. um but this is this is a, a good collection of first introductions to boys that don't like girls <laughs> learning that you like someone What that means. What that means. Noticing that someone else likes you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thinking
1: someone likes you when they don't. (laughs) The whole breadth of horrors. God, it's all such a mess. It's amazing any of us are here.
0: Truly. Yeah. I mean, I'm still kind of dying inside.
1: Always. Yeah. Little pieces.
0: Thinking about it, even in in its first onion layer, I'm like, oh, no. And then we peel it more, and I'm like, Oh no! Yeah, I think I think <laughs> I think this podcast
1: is going to make me need to go back to therapy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not true. I already need to go back to therapy. <laughs> this might actually spur me to do it.
0: Ah, oh, there you go. Hey. I mean, that's good. And really we yes, I
1: do mean to it to as other. a positive thing. That's and not good, as a...
0: right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can never have enough outside help. That's how I feel. Like. <laughs> Truly. Okay. Uh, so this is a book that I read a long, long time ago. Um, And I recommend it for anyone who's had complicated relationships with their family members. When my therapist brought up this concept, I was horrified and I was like, no, no, reject, reject, reject. It's about the concept of covert incest, which doesn't have to do with any actual physical abuse or contact. It has to do with when a mom or dad tries to rely too much upon the child Mm -hmm. and Goes to them for emotional needs that a partner would usually provide. Right. Um, it's called silently seduced when parents make their children partners. Understanding covert incest, and it is fascinating. Um, I I picked this up around the same time when my uh, therapist was like, "Oh, you display a lot of the same." Um, characteristics of somebody who's the child of an alcoholic, maybe you should try going to AA. And so I started reading more about, co- I read codependent no more, which is also really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I picked this up and I went to the, not an AA meeting, what's Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. She recommended Al-Anon, which is for family members of people who are affected by addiction. Mm-hmm. And I felt out of place there, but apparently there is a codependence anonymous, wow. which I'm interested in checking out, which I did not know about for people like, like me who was in similar situations with neglect and things like that, but not with a specific pinpoint addiction.
0: Those are my recommendations. Nice little light reading for you. (laughs) That's solid. Um, And I will, uh, in the vein of complex family dynamics, I recently read an upcoming book. I have a galley copy uh, by Laura Bogart, who is an excellent writer. It is called, don't you know, I love you. And it is, um, it's a queer story and it's about a young woman who, um, who comes from a very, very abusive family situation. She's an only child. Her father was very physically abusive and her mother was an enabler. And after she, after she goes to college, she's like, fuck off forever. I never want anything to do with either of you ever again until she is in a car accident and she breaks her wrist and she is an illustrator. (laughs) Oh no. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And so she's forced to go back home. She can't do any kind of work to put, to keep herself in her apartment. Um, and she, uh, she really has to have a reckoning with like, with this chapter that she stormed out on and never looked back. And it's so beautifully written. It's a really good story. If you if you come from any kind of abuse, um, you will, it, it will resonate with you if you, um, it, and, and it's just, it's very dark. It's very raw. It's very powerful. Um, And and it's beautifully written. Laura Bogart is an incredible writer and it's a, it's a really good book. Awesome. Yeah. Hooray. Hooray. So, you know, uh, crushes and uh, crippling family trauma. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Just a sprinkle of what to expect here on all the Fox. Thanks for letting us hug your ears here on all the Fox. Leave us a message at anchor.fm slash all the or you can find us on Twitter at fuckspodcast, Podcast, on Facebook at all the or on Instagram at all the Thanks so much for listening. Next time on all the fucks. Or like or like VC Andrews. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I found B.C. Andrews as an adult. I love it. I still have never read any.
1: Oh, my God. I finally picked up a copy of Flowers in the Attic, and when I started to read it, I realized that every sixth page had half the page cut out of it. Like, literally, someone had gone in with an X-Acto knife, and I guess cut out their favorite parts. Who knows? seemed like some serial killer shit to me. I don't know, to paste in their black-and-white composition books.